0: It's, okay, we have to build this core thing. Version one has to be able to function safely, securely, as bug-free as possible, and multiple chains, and have the core features that everybody wants.
1: Yeah, the bar's high, yep.
0: But then you've got to start, like, iterating on something that is captivating enough to drag
1: people over, right? Oh, you're speaking to me. So one of the other things that I've uh, noticed about wallets over the years, other than the struggle with uh, having a business model and staying power Yep. is uh, once you use a wallet, you've got a moat. I have the same checking account that I've had since I was 15 <laughs> and I hate the bank. I hate them. I just like deeply hate them. Like they embody all the things I complain about. And instead of switching checking accounts, I have by uh, I'll, I use more DAI and UDSC and or, yeah, USDC and, and, and all these other things that I'm using to, to patch over the problem, yeah. but I, you would think there's probably credit union just down the street in fact i have an account with them for something else but i've just never moved my (laughs) check you know so once people have built a habit they stick around and convincing them to reconsider it doesn't matter if it's moral there has to be like something really shocking and so here's the cool thing about the situation we're in right now i don't need to come up with reasons for people to switch from metamask because consensus is all over it just wait like the next huge (laughs) outage will be like we're still up We still work in this country or that, you know, and they'll do that. So it's like for a while, I, I, I was like, man, we really need to hype on. No, we don't need to. We don't need to lean on these guys. They'll do it themselves. mission DeFi with brad nickel where we explore projects in decentralized finance that are innovating and driving our mission of financial freedom forward thank you for listening if you like what you hear please subscribe rate and review mission DeFi, and spread the word by posting a tweet to the show all opinions expressed by Brad Nickel or his guests are their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Black Knox, Material Indicators, or any other affiliated organizations. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Brad Nickel or his guests as an inducement to make a particular investment, follow a particular strategy, or become involved with any project. A project being featured on the show is not an endorsement of that project in any way. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Now, here's Mission DeFi with
0: Brad Nickel. I am excited today to have Matt Luongo, um, who's from Tallyho, which is a new open source wallet in the DeFi space, but also from a lot of other things. So we're going to hear about all that he's managing to do all at once, as well as the excitement I have about us having a community-owned wallet in the space, which I think is a really critical piece of infrastructure that needs to happen. So Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks for what you're out there doing. And if you could introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background that you're comfortable with. And then let's get into kind of how you ended up on the crypto journey, but also all of the things that you are doing, which are all really interesting.
1: Hey, you got it. Thanks for having me, Brad. Yeah, it's funny because telling you about myself, most of my adult life has been dedicated to crypto. Yeah, so I first got, I first got involved. Let's see, I guess some personal details. I'm a family man. I've got a couple of kids. Everyone thinks I'm either a lot older or a lot younger than I am. No one, no, I feel like no one, quite figure it out yeah yeah let's see so i got involved in the crypto space late 2013 early 2014 and and what i I was doing i was working on some other startups and in my spare time i had been buying and selling gift cards i realized there was a secondary market for them
0: nice then
1: i launched a product to let people sell their starbucks cards for bitcoin and uh, it did very well i think in the first few days it did something like fifty thousand dollars in volume and and i was like oh this is real. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that's not. I don't. That wasn't like cash that I was keeping around as a poor startup founder to manage float and stuff. So I had to understand really quickly what the crypto space was about, and and the reason that I actually did it with Bitcoin at all in the first place is because PayPal had shut me down. I started uh, uh, doing yeah, so I started doing this gift card stuff with PayPal, and they considered all this gift card stuff gray finance, and and so I got shut down. So I had my first deplatforming back in back in 2013 and and yeah so since then that product eventually morphed and became you might know it fold which is a bitcoin back rewards card yeah Um, they do like a mix of a debit card they're about to launch a credit card and then uh gift cards as a way for you to earn uh, on top of your bitcoin um since then we let's see i I took that about as far as i could and i I had this moment where the market wasn't this was let's say we got it to about 2017. And this is where we can realize Bitcoin is not going to be used for payments, at least not the way that it works then, or really the way that it works today. And so I started working on um, a new project, Keep, and we had this decision, do we keep Fold going? And normally the answer is, oh, no, you sell it off real quick, or you shut it down and you move on, you pivot. But I couldn't do it because I knew that this was the right, we had the community and we had the right group of people. Yeah, so we actually decided to hire a new team. We eventually found a new CEO who's way better. As a CEO of a consumer company that I could ever be, Reeves, who's a bit of an iconoclast in his own. And yeah, so since then, I've been really focused on like the more technical side, what led to Keep, which is basically a privacy layer for Ethereum. It's focused on data privacy, so it's not like a Monero Zcash style financial privacy. We eventually launched TBTC, which is a Bitcoin bridge on Ethereum. At this point, we realized what we're doing was called a studio. And so we named that thesis. (laughs) And then after that, we launched a, a Curve Finance competitor called Saddle. And uh, now we're working on Tally Ho, this uh, new community owned and operated wallet.
0: Wow. Okay. So let's back up into. <laughs> so FoldApp actually is pretty substantial at this point, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they're, they, they've raised a bunch of money. The team is completely independent. I'm on the board, I give them product feedback for a long time. They've known way better what to do with it than I have. So
0: that's awesome. Being able to let go is the hard part, right? And oh, and, yeah, yeah, and figuring out. Yeah, but also, I guess if you're doing as much as you're doing, it's also like a relief. It's both, it's both, yeah. right?
1: Cause like you'll, it's funny, they'll do something that'll catch my attention. I'll be like, oh, I wish, I wish <laughs> I could work on all of our projects full time, but, but yeah, I'm only one. So Was your
0: background like, as a developer
1: originally? Yeah. Since then, yeah. So I think. Early on, I was a bit of a, like a CTO for hire type. I technical co-founder for projects. That was my thing. But one of the lessons I learned doing that was, on my own startups was like, we can run out of money and I don't have a lot of control. I'm just cost. Yeah. And so that actually got me really interested in the business side. And since then, I do everything. I've done some core dev on Tally Ho, on the wallet extension. I've written a fair amount of the solidity that will be launching me on the project. When things are going well, I'm probably doing like biz dev or growth stuff while people who are able to focus more are gonna are gonna do the bulk of the product building. So
0: awesome. It's a rare person that can do both. I think one of the great things about this space is that founders are learning to do all the jobs. And the bigger part of growth and marketing and a lot of protocols and a lot of projects is about Biz dev and integration and community and partnerships right. more than it is traditional AdWords campaigns, which we can't do anyway. Oh, no, you're so, right. You're right. Yeah. No,
1: you really, you actually nailed it. Every startup role has a web three version and it's not the same. Biz dev, the best biz dev I think I've ever been involved with, involved systematizing a community's biz dev and then doing the very high touch stuff and then building out this DAO structure that could nice. really do all the, do the details in the smaller projects marketing. Oh man, if you just do regular comps in our space, yeah, you're going to fall flat on your face or you
0: sometimes
1: you're lucky. Sometimes you become a meme on accident, like, um, I'm not going to call any projects out, but sometimes I look at that and I'm like, that is just pure old fashioned comms and someone just thought you were funny and turned it into a thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that happens.
1: It's
0: funny. uh, Most of my career I've always been in tech and I was a product guy. I loved creating and conceiving of products and figuring out how tech could be used in products. And we usually was ahead too far ahead to the point of failing, but I was always called the marketing guy and I hated it. I hated marketing. It was overwhelming. There's too many things to focus on and think about and do. And there's a reason the average CMO has a 18 month lifespan at, at any given yep. job, because yep. you're never as good, you're never as good as, you're only as good as the last thing you did and then you're not that good anymore. And so when I think that's one of the things I'm so attracted about crypto is, is what I really loved doing was product and partnerships and seeing the synergies between products that were were possible and I just never latched onto it. So I think that's one of the reasons I love this world so much is that it's so much about the relationships and the community you build. And yes, there's a comms and a brand image that kind of comes out of all that, but it often is formed not by one person saying this is our strategy and more formed by this is what evolved out of this thing organically and the community
1: drove it. Yeah. Yeah, no, you can. the space is about removing gatekeepers. Yep. And if you launch a startup in the space, you feel it a lot more. I think like, you're not like knocking on people's doors, asking for early API access to things like these things don't happen that often. You're some of the biggest mashups that we've seen on mainnet haven't required a conversation at all. Usually there ends up being one, but I I totally agree. And I think as someone who likes to do a little bit of everything, that's what I love is I want to be a full stack person and I'm having to specialize finally we've just gotten big enough that it's like can't chase the stream of doing everything all the time. <laughs> but, but I think that that sort of like permissionless innovation is incredibly powerful you can just sort of like race out in front of other ecosystems when you don't have to ask permission first
0: yeah and you get the you get the mind of the crowd which right. often synthesizes into some of the better things it doesn't there's plenty of failures but I definitely think that's part of it Okay, yeah. let's talk a little bit. So fold app was great. I think that's a great story, but I really want to get into keep a little bit. I know today we're supposed sure. to talk about tally, but I'm actually yeah. fascinated. I would love for you to give me an overview on Keep. Yeah. I love the idea of this data privacy focus. One of the things sure. I, I was a supporter of Andrew Yang in the last presidential election, he was big on data privacy and data yep. protection. Yep. yep. So yep. tell us what it is, how it works and what sure. the value is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If you're Googling, so keep is now. So I guess I'll, that's, oh. I got to lead with that. Okay. Um, because over the years, the key project has found sort of, uh, comrades in arms and a community that, that we really respected, in new cypher. And okay. so the two have actually created this. I think it was the first decentralized MNA. A few other people have tried to take that title, but we, we did this over a year ago now that it got kicked off and went, went through governance. But yeah, let me tell you what the premise of keep was and what it is today. So okay. the premise is this, I started, I had been working on all this like weird two-sided market stuff. I've been interested in gift cards and other like weird halfway financial instruments. And so when I started playing with Ethereum, uh, I had kind of assumed because I'd been a Bitcoin dev for a while and I'd I'd heard about Ethereum and I assumed that privacy was solved. And I don't mean like in a big way, in a small way, like where do I put my social security number where it's not immediately going to, or where can I like safely deal with a phone number? And for some apps, the answer is keep it local to the user. If you look at how the internet works today, that's not really enough for the experiences people expect, right? Uh, People do expect their data to be portable from device to device. They expect for it to be synced and but then they also expect, they expect that their data can be intermingled in a way that's still privacy preserving, which is so far from the truth for most web two stuff that we use today. So when I ran smack dab into, into these issues, I was shocked. And so I took the time and and I did a deep dive. My background is computer science and I love to, I'm not afraid to get deep into cryptography stuff if I see a good business case. And so I thought, okay, how could you custody private information from a smart contract? And the answer is complicated and it depends a lot on the application, but, but the tech that I was the most interested in is called multi-party computation. And the basic idea is that you can break these pieces of information up across many custodians. And then altogether, if they agree, they can still use it slower. But for example, they can still say, here's the sum of the digits in your social, or I can prove that I have access to the social with this hash or something like that. But they can also do things that we're still not seeing today in DeFi, sorts of auctions that we can't do in smart contracts, various like sealed bids, all sorts of stuff. Even like, how do I have an NFT with a master file that's private? That's not really a thing right now. So, yeah, so that's the tech that we wanted to commercialize. So what we did was we launched a random beacon, which is familiar with any scaling stuff. You always need some sorts of randomness for most of this. So we launched a random beacon and then we were like, okay, which of these things can be commercialized first? And so that was actually what led to TPTC. We realized that first, why can't you custody private keys? from other chains on Ethereum. So yeah, so that that led to TBTC. Some other projects took this in a different direction. They used a related tech to do things like custody images across multiple machines. So that's cipher. And so the reason we came together is they did this more like this broader tech that was a little bit more creative and a better platform. And we focused on a very narrow application. And so the reason these guys merged is now there's one network where, at least the hope, we're, we're close where you can, where TBTCP2 will, will be live shortly, but you'll also be able to like use Creaton or Masterfile, or there are a couple other projects built on top of NewCypher to actually like trade NFTs that give you independent access to a private encrypted file. Nice. So it's, it's, it's mind blowing. It's not once someone has looked at your picture, like anyone can obviously right click and, and save. But when you start looking at like incredibly like high quality source material, you're not just gonna click and save that that huge file and it can eventually be used for derivative work. So anyway, I'm I'm pretty excited. Those are just two applications. It's it's a fairly broad tech. But, is is
0: the, the is the tech meant to be utilized by other projects? This is not some... are you guys building yes. co- consumer-facing so products was the whole, on?
1: It? Yeah, so that was the whole difference between these two teams, is that the keep team, we focused on let's build applications for ourselves. Because right. a lot of people you go to a you go to a hackathon and they're not like Oh yeah, I'm definitely going to understand your threshold, multi-party computation. Like it's a lot to ask of, of devs, sure. not as simple an API as a lot of people are used to working with, but NewCipher did do that. Cipher spent the time to make it simple for devs. Nice. So like the two of us going together, it was nice because they had this platform approach and we took this vertical approach. So yeah, so the value prop for, for both teams is we're bringing the product market fit and the revenue of cross chain bridges. And they're bringing this like multiple projects who are building and you know, we see a hit, and suddenly there are two, and we're and we're growing revenue. That's
0: great too. And I I didn't realize you guys had a merger. That's uh that's
1: yeah. No one does. It's, this is we're talking about marketing, and, and we're saying oh we don't like to market, but it's I wish I did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of thing that you definitely want people to know about. And look, I think we're going to see a lot more, yeah, especially if we really trend further down in the market overall, which I think is a good thing. Uh, I love no, the consolidation alignments. needs to happen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And
1: you have people sitting, and you also have people who are sitting on huge war chests. have no idea how to spend it or make use of it they're just like sitting on it forever and it's what are you
0: exactly (laughs) no that's a great point and i think that finding an ally that also has a use for the funds to actually make it into something productive is going to be valuable absolutely now that's really cool oh thanks go ahead what were you gonna say
1: no no i was just gonna say i thought the i think currently it's invoked to hate on yuga labs and ape and everything and I don't keep track of it very closely. I'm just not a huge <laughs> NFT guy, but so separate from whether or not we should hate on Yuga right now, we'll see, <laughs> I will tell. But I did think that the IP purchase uh, that they did for CryptoPunks, I thought that was really interesting Yeah, because you saw a, you saw a team and a project that wanted to launch new things, but that maybe didn't want to like exploit and grow them as well as they could. And then you have this other team that's, no, we want to grow. Like right. they just, and I think if you can match up like the money and the talent and the drive, that's the best. Yeah. Right? That's so ideal. Um,
0: that's awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So sometimes it's a merger and other times it's, just like horse trading to get things in the right place. But
0: yeah, I was, I was beating up a little bit on Yuga this afternoon and our daily show. Oh so. man.
1: How do you, oh God, just the whole community. Anyway, we'll see what happens by the time this airs, maybe we all are like, there are scalability gods and, and they have something up there <laughs> that we don't. I don't know. It was funny. I, it.
0: I saw a tweet that said, uh, Something along the lines of, uh, we can't write a smart contract that doesn't double charge our users, but sure, we'll take on a blockchain. That pretty
1: much sums it up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Anyway, it's such a frustrating thing. Um, It's brutal. Yeah, but I understand, like, I understand projects wanting to capture. Actually, this is a great bridge in talking about Tally Ho because I understand projects wanting to capture an opportunity. And I understand people wanting to, in the most charitable case, do the most for their community, maybe. That
0: that That was a very charitable. Thanks. That. Yeah. in the least awesome.
1: charitable case. Yeah. Maybe you're, maybe money grubbing is, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're, you're just exploitative at some point. Yeah. And, and there's this spectrum. And I've been fascinated with this for a long time because wallets in the space are pretty interesting. If you look at them, if you launched a wallet in 2014, you probably don't exist anymore. Exactly. Because there wasn't a business model. You look at a BitPay and Copay, and that hasn't really been like stellar. You look at Coinbase and they like, Wanted to be a wallet, then they didn't want to be a wallet, and now it's good to be a wallet again. So now they sure and 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 you look at I can go down the list of, of friends of mine, and and I actually one of the few that's probably alive that I think is absurd. anyway. I don't like to pump other people's stuff, but like Exodus, but sure. Exodus guys. I think I've known them since 2015 or 2016, and, and they've actually kept to it. Yeah. But then Red well, you see all these uh, teams, and nothing really um, stuck resonates. Around. Yeah. Yeah, and. Part of the problem was there wasn't a sustainable business model. So it's like, how are we going to find a way to justify if you're thinking long-term about our space, having a relationship with the user is one of the most valuable things you should do. It's huge. Yeah. And, and sometimes I wonder if you look at Uniswap, sometimes I wonder how much of Uniswap is because we are all trained to use Uniswap right. versus they are, do a fantastic job on the design side, on the AMM design side. Sure. But but yeah, so anyway, so I've been thinking about this problem for a long time and I've seen wallet companies, friends have founded come and go and usually get acquired. And, and when MetaMask went closed source, or I guess, what should I say? Source available, I think is the technical point. When they went source available. So, so nice <laughs> that they say that. You can't use our source, but you can look at it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when they went source available in 2020. I really perked up because it kind of, it signaled something is about to change, something big. And they had an install base that was actually compelling, right? All of our, right. It's rare that you have used Web3 without having used MetaMask as your first non-custodial wallet. So anyway, so I started paying close attention and then we saw swaps launch and then we saw them start printing. We saw all all this money being made. Uh, and of course I was just like, oh, great. Like they found a business model for wallets. It's working fantastic. But I was also very frustrated because they had just gone source available. They had, they went from the MIT license to a proprietary business license. Insiders will tell you they did this because they were afraid of brave. And though I think that ah, now,
0: probably, interesting, yeah, now interesting. I think
1: we could say that fear was probably a little overblown. Over. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Missed opportunity. I also thought, Right. Huge so, missed opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. So, huge miss,
1: huge miss. So it's seeing this, I was just thinking, okay. If I were one of the devs that had contributed to this, I would be pretty furious Yeah. and sw- so switching to what we decided to do, it was like on that day, it was, uh, I know it is August 20th in 2020. I, I look at that commit all the time for kind of just a little fun <laughs> You know the date. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. It is. That was when we decided we we needed to, uh, initially we were going to fork, but we needed to provide pe- people an alternative. And I think the thing that really got me is since then consensus and MetaMask have taken all this money from. Huge banks, Goldman and MasterCard are on their cap table. And, and it's funny because we're all talking about web three, but we're mostly using this like bank-owned piece it's of software. Insanity.
0: Entity. It's insanity. I, insanity. Dude, I rant about this on my show probably twice a month because every time consensus does something else, I'm just like, seriously? Really?
1: You're just bury themselves. Ever- they vary themselves. And actually, in some ways it's great because they're a great foil for us. So right. do what they do. So look, they were early and I have so much respect for the, some of the things they built, but then you also see they end up choosing ownership and control way more than I'm, that I'm personally comfortable with. And yeah. And so suddenly you read these posts, like the one by Moxie where he was tearing down web three and it's, yeah, this is all valid. Yes. We, a lot of us are using a centralized wallet. It doesn't matter if it's non-custodial if we can't fork off yep. it and then it's all running off their AWS servers. It's not even, so anyway, so this all kind of got my goat and this is what this is what led to the creation of Tally Ho. The idea is simple. We wanted a new wallet that was forking friendly. If people don't like it, they can just leave and they can fork whenever they want. And we wanted to make sure that it was owned by the community as early as possible. So owned by the community means, I know a big surprise, a token, but it also means there's maybe, I think it was $300 million in revenue that consensus has already generated for metamask swaps they're charging 80 bips plus per swap so they're charging almost one percent per swap which is you know pretty intense relative to the rest of the space Yep. so the idea here is let's launch an alternative let's immediately turn those proceeds back onto a DAO, and then let's fair launch the DAO.
0: nice love it freaking love it yeah but that, yeah. that's a <laughs> that day you decided to do this right <laughs> this is not a minor project because it's not just it's not just hey let's build a wallet it's hey let's build an interface and hopefully the interface to DeFi web3 um oh yeah massive security concerns and oh this is the one that that would keep me up at night the security is one but support that's you're not wrong that's a big choice. Was it like, you know what? Screw these guys. I'm just going to do this. I don't care. We'll figure it out.
1: Or. Yeah. One way to look at it is rage driven development. Like that, I, yeah. honestly, that is a real thing. There are certain frictions in your life where eventually you just got to stand up and do something about it. And sometimes that's interpersonal. Sometimes it's a job and everyone having that amazing, the day that I left in a fire of glory kind of, and sometimes it's <laughs> launching a project that's going to cost millions and millions of dollars all in to yeah. to deliver something compelling and All I can hope is, that we're building something people want. So yeah, I do very casually start huge new endeavors. I will admit, (laughs) but, but I think the way that I'm looking at it is, and I haven't seen a Dow, this is going to get me torn down in some circles, but I don't care. I haven't seen a Dow ship a good project, like a product, I should say. I haven't seen them like nuts to bolts ship a really compelling, especially consumer product. But what I've seen them do, that's been incredible. Is build up this sort of like sideways, horizontal machine of consistency that, that I think can be really powerful to solve some of the problems you just mentioned. So in particular, I don't think that tomorrow we're all going to start voting on the best design for a new wallet. I don't think that's going to I've seen Twitch plays Pokemon. I don't think that's how you design (laughs) the best product, but support is a great example of something that I think a DAO can knock out of the park.
0: Absolutely. Because
1: it's all about incentives and getting the incentives. So yeah, I think for me, what I'd like to do, and we haven't launched this token yet, but the rough plan is we built a wallet. It's compelling. It's not Rabi or Frame yet. It's getting closer, but I wouldn't be like, oh yeah, it's still just eat mainnet. People need more networks. And that's one example, right? We have ledger right. support, but we don't have Trezor, but what we'll do first and I hope best fair launch a token and we'll add, we're going to, we're definitely going to ask the DAO once it's bootstrap, please fund us. We'd love to keep developing this product. But, but then I think that there's just going to be this opportunity where it's okay, how can we take, how can we consistently have this huge decentralized support team and marketing effort that like. We can beat MetaMask at that, and and suddenly, when every dev who's launching a new DApp has a DAO that will support them and help them build support for this wallet directly in, I think that's pretty powerful force. So that's why I think the DAO is going to be a really good fit.
0: That's awesome. In terms of, I have two things I'm going to bring up a little bit later that I want to see in wallets. So I'm going to make that everyone does. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure you will. (laughs) I'm sure you will. Um, kind of the what do you consider the driving ethos of what Tally, what you envisioned Tally would become and yep. what you really want it to be?
1: Yeah. So I think there's like a positive and a negative. So I'll start with the positive, which is the Ethereum side, which is, look, I, I, I do believe that if every early Facebook user were a shareholder, that we would all feel quite differently about what Zuck has built today. I think sure. that we could have turned it towards something that served our interests more and we we wouldn't be built quite so much as we are now. So I think a big part of it is, I actually, I, I, I have been convinced from my last few projects that community ownership is just like a shocking improvement to the world and, and aligning interests. So when I say community owned and operated, that's by far the thing that I think we're most excited about and that's, and that's the most important to to tally Ho. But then you flip that on its head. So now let's put on like the mean Bitcoin tear everything down hat instead of the optimistic hat, which is when regulators come knocking, you don't want them to knock on one door, right? You want it to be thousands. And and I say regulators just because I think everyone can imagine that happening sooner rather than later. But I also mean censors. I also mean oppressive regimes. And, and very quickly, you can realize that our wallets are dangerous Yep. and, and not go too much into, into MetaMask stuff. But like when you suddenly see, whoops, like Venezuela doesn't have access anymore. I don't care how it happened. That is chilling. That is a huge deal. And, um, and so there's an architectural component build better. But the other part is you guys should not be owned by the same company that's doing most of your infrastructure. That's messed up. So I think for me, it's let's not let's on the positive side, let's be diverse. Let's be robust. Let's be stronger. Let's be a community. And then on the sort of risk mitigation side, let's not be hypocrites and say what we're doing is decentralized and then fall over the next time AWS has a hiccup. Yeah. So it's going to take us a long time to get there. We're launching with some centralized infra, nothing that we run as a team, because that was a line for me, but, but we have to do to get a product out. But, but I think that's what kind of has to be stamped out is the power needs to be centralized, it's, or decentralized, not just the, the servers, but who is making the call to disenfranchise a user. And let's make that take thousands of people, not one.
0: That's beautiful. I love that. That's a great way to sum it up because it, to, the the two biggest centralized risks that scare the hell out of me. And there are plenty of things that scare the hell out of me in DeFi, but <laughs> sure. the two are MetaMasks and Infura, and those two things are two of the biggest, two of the biggest weaknesses we have. and, and look, I would also throw probably USDC and usdt sure. in in the mix yep. as well and i rant about all of them on a regular basis i'm really i'm really excited to see that's driving things for you guys do you how is it how is it i've played with the, i played with the out or is it alpha pre-alpha whatever you're calling call it. it a
1: pre-alpha yeah i think we'll flip it to the alpha label in a, in a couple of weeks we're close
0: cool i i played with it a bit liked it obviously yep. i'm on multiple chains all day so it's very difficult for me to dedicate to it and I, I wonder how you're galvanizing the community around like daily use or at least giving you enough feedback on a regular basis. Oh,
1: yeah. It's so early. I think I think our the biggest thing we're missing by far in terms of other than just like the token being out there and people liking that is just multi-network support. So one of the one of the ideas that we had is if you wanna if you wanna govern a product that you think is gonna last a long time, you probably it's a hard time to pick an L two to launch your governance on, like I've tried, and it's really hard to be like, it okay, is. what's going to last long enough, what's going to, is there going to have to be some sort of weird token migration and governance migration later? So that's hard. But so we wanted to focus on Ethereum for that L1 for that reason, because we know that the governance should happen here, but that's not where new users are. And and the people who are most likely to choose a new wallet are new users and yep. and there's a lot more to say on that. I'll, I'll come back to it, but, right. but yeah. so I. Think, <laughs> That's probably been the biggest struggle is people who are playing with our wallet are still doing it on L1 and it's an expensive thing to play with. That said, what we've done is we're just very quick. We we have a feature requests and and sort of like bug reports, discord channel. And I think what people love, they have an issue and either we're like, here's the PR, here's the tracking issue, or here's the list and you're going to help us reproduce it and then we're going to let you know as it's fixed. And I think that's been really exciting to people. I think that. On top of consensus being consensus and our centralization concerns, I think people are just used to not being listened to with MetaMask. It takes them a long time to get stuff out. And we're seeing features that they're dropping this year that people have been asking for, for three or four years. Yeah. Yeah, So I think just like seeing, oh, no one on this team, they're all just going to dive in and try to fix our issues immediately. I think that does a lot. Uh, It doesn't scale. Right, that's an That's something you get to do when you have a few thousand users, not when you have the hundreds of thousands or when you're in the in millions mm-hmm. of users. But I think that's been good for the stage we're at. I think the next piece is, if you're going to make this thing community owned and you're going to do a token launch, if you're shooting at the king, you should hit right. So like we have this one shot, and we want to make sure that we're able to just get as many users to reconsider MetaMask simultaneously as possible. And so I think that's our next phase that we'll be moving into is okay, when is this a wallet that we all can use as our primary wallet? And once we've crossed that, let's pull the trigger. Let's launch the formal DAO and let's just start pulling people over.
0: Yeah, I think that makes sense. And look, I mean, part of the process here is you'll get the believers like me and others who who understand the problem already. We're all going to be like, oh yeah, give me it, please. But at the same time, the more difficult thing is... communicating to people that there is and that's last time you
1: got lectured and decided to try a new product because you got lectured exactly
0: exactly right no it's all you got to go into fear marketing at that point i think it's because you don't know you have a problem or that you have a weakness but so for you it's going to be it's a weird bag it's okay we have to build this core thing version one has to be able to function safely securely as bug-free as possible and yep. multiple chains and have the core features that everybody wants. Yeah, the
1: bar's high. Yep.
0: But then you've got to start like iterating on something that is captivating enough to drag people over, right? Oh, this you is know, better.
1: Oh, yeah. oh, you're speaking to me. The, the uh, So one of the other things that I've uh, noticed about wallets over the years, other than the struggle with uh, having a business model and staying power yep, is uh, once you use a wallet, you've got a moat. Like people will, like people, it's, I have the same checking account that I've had since I was 15 <laughs> and I hate the bank. I hate them. I just like deeply hate them. Like they embody all the things I complain about. And instead of switching checking accounts, I have, uh, i I'll, I use more DAI and UDSC and or USDC and, and, and all these other things that I'm using to, to patch over the problem. Yeah. But you would think there's probably a credit union just down the street. In fact, I have an account with them for something else, but I've just never moved my (laughs) check. So it's once people have built a habit, they stick around and convincing them to reconsider. It doesn't matter if it's moral. There has to be like something really shocking. And so here's the cool thing about the situation we're in right now. I don't need to come up with reasons for people to switch from MetaMask because consensus is all over it. Just wait. Like the next huge (laughs) outage will be like, we're still up we still work in this country or that you know and they'll do that so it's like for a while i i I was like man we really need to hype on no we don't need to we don't need to lean on these guys they'll do it themselves what we need to do um is it's okay if you're gonna switch without that you have to provide a 10x experience and i don't know if there's a person on earth who has that user experience up their sleeve i can see 2x better But 10x is hard and so then you have to ask yourself okay how else could i convince people to switch you can have 2x better and new folks will join and we'll use your consumer products sure but it takes a while to grow that so my thought is you could pay them and so i think that's the opportunity we have nice nice with this dow launch is i actually have opened a checking account before because someone told me if I keep this balance, you'll get $200. Aha, exactly. And that's quite an imp- impactful. So that's really going to be, a lot of this DAO launch is going to be about making sure that there's a structure and a huge treasury that's just ready to pull people over. Love that. Yeah, because yeah, the only other way I think you bootstrap a successful wallet today is you launch someplace where there's no one else. So do what Phantom did, or maybe do what Rainbow did. Like full props to both those teams. Phantom made this huge bet on Solana and it paid off. And they're good product people as well. Like it's a, it's a good wallet. I don't agree like philosophically with everything they do, but right. it's a product. And then you look at rainbow where it's everyone kind of was like, mobile is too hard, this is never going to work. And rainbow stuck it out. And because MetaMask didn't really compete in mobile for a long time, rainbow got to, got to really get a lot beefier there. So I think you either have to go someplace where there aren't other people and get lucky that that, that became a thing or just pay people. And look, if you're listening to this podcast and you have a 10X wallet UX, please God DM me and I would love to implement it. But until then, I think let's do what other people are afraid to do. Let's launch a token. Let's not take any for ourselves. Let's not do that whole game. Let's see uh, if incentives will convince people to try something new.
0: The beauty of that is, is when you're successful, you'll have, if you can build it into the interface of the wallet, you'll have the highest participatory DAO in the history of DAOs. You that's know? right that's
1: right that's exactly yeah. right yeah that's beautiful yeah so gosh yeah and anyway yeah i'm like salivating over the thought just because it's anyway i'm very that's excited awesome. obviously we'll see how it goes it's still early days so um, one
0: of one of the things yeah. i advocate for in, in the space um a lot is the extraction away of dap interfaces into the wallet with a standardized look and feel it, is that something you guys have talked about? Is that what you were hinting at when you talked about integrating with dApps earlier? Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, and it's, speaking yeah. of which, when you brought up Exodus early, talk about missing out. Like I have Exodus for one of our companies and it's just because I had it and shit's yeah, sitting sure. in there and, and the addresses are out there and it comes in. But to me, that is the such a massive miss in DeFi, that executable yeah. that I have on my Mac that could have a browser interface to partner dApps. To me, yep. it's just yep. Yep. such a massive miss. So anyway, sorry, it's, let me get you back to the no question.
1: No, no, it's this huge, and that was almost, that's how Ethereum started. Like everyone wanted to do this and then, and now we're seeing like, okay, what's Brave doing and what's MetaMask done and and, and when do we all move to mobile? I always know that it's around the corner. Obviously a lot of people don't have computers at all in the world, so it needs to be a foot. Argent has done a bunch around here. So here's my take. If you're new to our space, you have no idea where anything is. Yep. And so when you look at we we were talking about <coughs> Yuga earlier, so when you look at board apes, this is a project that's brought in a lot of new people. Really NFTs in general are not, they're not Ethereum holders or Bitcoin holders or whatever, who decided it's, to get into NFTs. A, a lot of them are drug. Yeah. Yeah. So when I look at that and then I'm like, how do they find their first swapping interface? There's not an app store or a dApp store or whatever. Everyone wants to make one, but they don't know how to do it or how to get the distribution. So the closest thing that I see is a wallet. And anyway, this also implies of course Ape should launch its own swap in this and that and the other because they can, because these people don't know where to get this stuff already. Anyway, yeah. So I, I think we're at a moment where we're at this rebundling. Bring everything back into the wallet and eventually someone's gonna get a dApp store, right? But until then, I think the wallet should do a little bit more. Yeah. Um, directly goes against my security ethos. It's a very tricky line to walk. But yeah, so I think that's my take. So for us, we've started with swaps. But after that, what you'll notice launching shortly is an entire earn interface. You should be able to get yield on all of your assets. It should nice. be one click. You nice. shouldn't have to peck across 30 different gaps. Bridging is totally a wallet concern. If you try to get into optimism right now with MetaMask, it's I cannot believe this is not solved. So I think bridging we plan on bringing directly in. And then after that, it's, it'll just be a bit of a judgment. We actually have an internal prototype of a spec for sort of a, a DAP language abstraction like you're thinking about. Exactly. Right. Uh, yeah, so we've done some work and some design work and some early, early nice. programming. But yeah. It's well, look, to, it's I mean, the
0: to... bottom line is, look, Solidity developers primarily suck at UX, right? <laughs> sure. So if they can focus on what they're creating, yeah. the engine, And you guys provide the interface that puts, look, the winner of this game, and and you're not the only ones, I'm sure, thinking through this. And, But the winner of this game is the gateway to DeFi, right? And as that hockey stick starts rising, that is an incredible opportunity. It's an opportunity for partnerships with that bank you hate. It's an, a part, <laughs> I did, uh, it's an opportunity with a lot of people to provide an interface that works and is simple and provides the basics for people. Yeah, so that's awesome, man. I am so excited for this project. Like, I was already pretty excited because it was just an open source wallet going yeah, for decentralization. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm really no, excited because you're thinking, that. The, it's funny because you're thinking the right way. At least you're agreeing with me, so it's all I, good. The
1: trick with all of this is gonna be execution, right? Like, right. I think like one of my, gosh, someone was, complaining about phantom the other day and they're like, oh, it's still built on this old crappy code base. And if I've learned anything over the years, consumers do not care. That is not what matters. What matters is trust, convenience, excitement, novelty, opportunity, like we have money in our space. So like an opportunity to earn and a sense of community though, I don't think people will keep using a bad product just because of community, maybe because of, uh, but not the rest. I think a lot of these questions. The other one that really gets me, especially about this like DAP interface idea is the line between like distribution and standards. And we want to be white knights. And so that means that for everything we have to do, we're going to have to try to make it possible for anyone to do it. And and so it's, gosh, one of our devs the other day was like, they were reviewing our, they were reviewing, reviewing some Solidity and they were like, Hey, I, are we really this white knight? And I'm like, well, I've been saying fair lunch. What did you think I meant? And they were like, but really, there's nothing like there's no, like, there's no, we don't have anything. And I'm like, no, come on, man. We're not, what'd you think I did leave like a little trap door? No, it's, really, <laughs> it's best. Everyone will argue about what that means. But like, no, we did our best to make it, but yeah, it's great. it's so I think, yeah, so I think it's, that's going to be an interesting play. And I think a lot of the reason people love MetaMask, like our community loves MetaMask is because they were so early that. Every standard that we have now is just, what did MetaMask do? And then you turned it into a standard. Right. Um, which is a real shame when you're one of the devs now, when you're looking at this, wow, this is a mess, cool. but, but yeah, so I think that's the other thing that we're going to have to walk is we want to be an Ethereum first cross chain wallet. And, and that means that we can't just stomp all over the standards that people already have either. So yeah, tricky. It's nice to be first in a lot of ways.
0: Sure. Absolutely. Cause then you're not breaking. What
1: was there? I right? the hope, of course, is that being second means we can take advantage of their mistakes.
0: That's good. I love that. You seem to have. It's interesting. I've been talking about this a lot lately. Is that I'm starting to see. We have we have this ecosystem built on profit and finance and everybody making money, but interestingly enough, most of our projects treat business models as right. off off topic, not to be really discussed. And so we have these DAOs where founders are criticized for making money or the model of the entity of the product isn't, it's treated as something that needs to make money for the community, which is great, but it's never thought through strategically like that. And what I've heard you saying today is that you are really thinking through it that because you're integrating these profit mechanisms directly into this platform with a focus on it. And I think we need more of that, right? I I think what we need more in this space is yes, the the idea is for us, the people building this, us, the people in the community to make money. And the idea is for the project to make money by integrating the things that will make it money. We can make it open book. We can talk about what we're making, but yep. people need to yep. understand, like even MetaMask, I, I remember people like when they figured out how much MetaMask was making on swaps and it's a, it's an egregious percentage. But at the same time, it's like, how long do they build this thing without actually making real money on it? Yeah. So
1: yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, glad yeah. to see you, you guys
0: embrace funny.
1: that. I appreciate that. Yeah, what, what's funny about MetaMask is I'm like straddling that line, right? Because on the one hand, I'm like, look, you're a private company and you built this just hoping that this would be enough of a thing yep. uh, to justify these valuations, to justify all the employees and the resources you've spent. So I would never begrudge someone from doing that. But then on the flip side, I'm like, you just better not ever tell me about Web3 values, you just better yeah. say, Oh, there should be illegal. And maybe someone says that but that's not me, but it's, but, but yeah, but I think that there can be something better. So like for us, my plan is release this thing. And then it's very clear, look, here is this huge amount of resources that I've devoted to this project. Hopefully everyone sees that we love it. We love the vision. And then I'm like, Dow, I would love it if you would fund us (laughs) to keep existing and to make this worthwhile. Um, For us, we have enough other interests in the space that I think that it's probably going to end up being worthwhile to see some competition regardless. But no, you don't get over incentive issues by pretending they don't exist. That's actually how people advantage of each other. You do the opposite, which is you say, here are our interests. Here's how we think we can align them. Let's do something together. Anyway, at least that's my hypothesis. We'll see if that's how it works out with this project. Ah, I love
0: it. So in regards to your company thesis, your this project is coming out of that, it's a studio, right? That's how you refer to it. And you don't have it's not a small group of people there, if I understand correctly. Well
1: it's a small group that like Jump from project to project, but yeah, as as projects grow, it's 70 or 75 across everything right now. Each of them have their own budgets and their own, some are are wholly owned and some are outside and have outside investors. But yeah, so I'd say like day to day, we're usually five to 10 people at the studio and then whatever the latest project is. And usually by the time it hits 20 or 30... It's going to get spun out because if you start looking at like inflection points in companies it starts to get a little unwieldy at that point point. Nice. and then they find there usually there's maybe there's a project lead that's specific to the project there's just their own layer of management and everything else but what's great about that is so what's terrible about that i'll say is that i'm constantly losing things that i love we build ah. up infrastructure and culture and then we ship it out then we have to rebuild it which is so hard we aren't consensus right consensus had just tons of money and hired up thousands of people. And there was just this like superstructure that everyone could lean on, even when the cuts happened. But for us, we've always made sure that we stayed small and that everything could pay for itself. Yeah. And yeah, so that's kind of who we are as a studio. The flip side though, is we have these projects that like none of them can, there's not like a lot of hard power between them, but they all have a shared culture and they can compare notes. Even fold, which is still like a Bitcoin only product. We can constantly talk about how their gamification works and their kind of like UX principles, but yeah. So in that way we've built ourselves a little community.
0: That's cool. And did, when you started, did, when you launched thesis, I think you said it was after keep or was it? After yeah, it was, fold? It
1: was like with, with keep, we realized we're probably going to keep doing this. And then we named it maybe a half a year after keep launch.
0: And you envisioned it as a studio rolling out products that would go out on their own and that's what you guys right, would do is right. you're incubating stuff through and making it happen. That's right. That's right. That's and awesome. then trying to
1: find commonality and, and build out shared resources. I think the things that we do better than most are the projects that we choose are, ah, man, they're sort of, they're always going to be ideologically aligned very heavily with the space which means it's been hard to do we're not going to probably launch your next random cool NFT project because it's we think NFTs are cool but just this like focus on creative and like bootstrapping something out of nothing without a lot of like structure or utility I think is not really our jam even though like we we love to support it. And so I think that's something that we're not great at. What we are great at is if you, I feel like so many people want to join the space and they have this imposter <laughs> where they're just like, they don't know how to get involved or where and they're like, I'm really good at X, but I'm not ready for this And it's actually a lot of the talent in the space is subpar because everyone's afraid just like you. So yeah, yeah, I think if you are an engineer who wants to make the jump into the space, a designer, a product person, come on in and we can give you, here's what we learned in these last this last decade of crypto and we can share our stories. So I think that's where that's really where thesis shines. And, and yeah, I think for us, I don't want to say after Tally, because it's sort of like when you build a wallet, there's not an after, if you do yeah, it, yeah. right?
0: Yeah. You're it's, married to that. It's
1: a, no, it's not something you just, just hand it off to somebody. Yeah. But, but I think that we have interest in going after chat. We've interest in, um, uh, there's been like a real, there's a really deep privacy DNA at the company. And I think those are a couple areas. Um, oh, and then user education, which is probably nice. the one that I'm the least comfortable with in terms <laughs> of our skill set, but I think is maybe the most pressing a need. So
0: That's awesome. That's great. Does your team get nervous when you come in the door and say, I have an idea? <laughs>
1: <laughs> ah, oh, God. Yeah, I'd say they probably wake up in the middle of the night. Oh, <laughs> man. Yeah, it's taken a lot of, uh, it's been a mix of structuring the chaos and like conditioning people. For a while, I think for a while it used to be, like Matt driven, what are we doing yeah. next? But, and we've tried a couple different ways to deal with that. We've worked on, is there a council? How frequently are we discussing these ideas? Who's heads down? Who's even got the mental space to seriously consider something new. And I think where we've found ourselves is we've all agreed. We want to focus on projects that can grow all of our existing projects. Nice. So cross cutting problems. Oh, that's in the good. space. That's a narrowing yeah, of
0: the field to some it extent.
1: a lot, yeah, yeah. And I think the other is, I don't know, I actually usually talk our, talk the thesis books. I talk our book, but I don't usually talk our, our values so much because I'm usually talking about one project, but for us it's if this project isn't increasing individual ownership and empowerment of your life, like it's not worth doing. Yes. And I'd say that those two rules have been the best way to call projects for us. There's so much around like NFTs and real estate and it, that's a really good example, of one where it's like there's no way we're touching because you're not really increasing people's ownership. You're like financializing their lives, maybe, but right. you're not. But then on the flip side, like every morning when I wake up, and the phone, my phone is the first thing I look at. And it's, what does my phone tell me to do today? No, th- that's the problem we want to solve. <laughs> it's that's like great. technology shouldn't be telling you what to do. Absolutely. Uh, you be living on someone else's cadence. So that's awesome. That's, i so love yeah. that so those, that's,
0: those, that's a great that's a great ethos for driving something because if, if i ran a studio like yours it would be people would run because <laughs> they they would just see holy crap brad you can't come in more than once a month because you're not allowed you would just kill us all so no, i'm I mean, impressed that you've been able to set the boundaries for yourself
1: there's also a lot of like i find toys to keep myself busy because oh, so sometimes it'll Cause I'll do early dev on a project and I'll deploy for a little while. Other times I have reams and reams of docs. You can imagine of things that I want to do and it's yeah. which of these things sticks with you and what that's can you good. build?
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Now I, I definitely, and I have that I'll have, I have thousands of mind maps. of
1: Tell me what should we do with our wallet? I, Cause I. Every good product thinker in our space has a little list somewhere where they're like, God, if I could just shiv MetaMask and fix it, what would I?
0: I Well, extracting Araya from interface-wise, and I, I actually have a ton written on that. We'll talk about it another time. But I will tell you, and I was gonna save this for after our call, but I'll just go for it now. What is desperately needed in the space, and I yeah. think would make a shit ton of money, is yeah. a business-focused version of your wallet. And tell me more. by that, I'm tracking, Expenditures, being able to label them, being able to understand what they were for, being able to apply them, whether it's departmentally or whatever, um, yep. an on-ramp to a debit card eventually, or something that allows yep. me to get my money in and out easily for for my people that don't take money yep. in crypto. There's we can there's another document, but I'll be happy to
1: chat no, with you no, about. No, I love it. Especially I think, because across, across our projects, we have some of these things already. So nice. No, I, I, well, and yeah. I think
0: this is actually a, a market segment that's so undertouched right now that it could drive adoption on the retail side because you'll have people utilizing it. You've got an opportunity maybe for some viral connections there, maybe a, maybe a, a URL that lets people go see their money and then download, install the extension yeah. and get it. There's a ton of invoicing.
1: Yeah, it's like kind of a, i don't want to call it like reverse, but it's like somehow it's related to Dropbox's approach to how they got to the market. You want a whole bunch of retail to tell their business to use it. And you want the business to be like, Ooh, yeah, we need this. And you want them yeah. to meet. Interesting.
0: Uh, yeah. Like I just, I just paid you with, I just paid you with Tallyho, right? Here's yeah. a link to get the wallet. If, if you don't have one, but yeah. you can see an invoice, you can see a copy of the
1: invoice. Or you can see yeah, totally. whatever. That's no, a lot more
0: infrastructure, but.
1: No, but ultimately it's really easy to think that we're building software and it's even really easy to think we're building products, but. we need are experiences and so it's yes it's a lot but the fact that we still don't really have a way to send a person who doesn't have crypto is like kind of mind-boggling that we've even grown this far with everyone having to go through something like coinbase to on ramp
0: exactly what better way to introduce people to a link that somehow preserves the record on the chain and when you install the wallet it shows it to you yeah what is there anything else we should know about tally about yes, yeah. about projects you're working on?
1: Yeah, no, let's focus on let's focus on the wallet. If this stuff sounds good to you, if you're interested in like a values-aligned wallet and owning your wallet and all that ridiculous swaps revenue going to you and the community, please check out tally.cash. There's a DAO that's about to launch, which means that we're looking for, everyone's looking for contributors. It's a great time to test the wallet. So please get in there. I'd say as far as security, we're good to go. We're ready. We published our audit recently from Least Authority. It's a it's an experienced crypto team behind the dev wheel. And then I think what we're looking for what do you hate? What do you That's hate good. about your current wallet? That's what good. is what is just like burning? Because everyone has something where they're like, I don't understand why I can't just X. And it's we want to hear those stories. And and yeah, and it, so we would love to have you. I think the Discord is at fourteen thousand people now. So it's nice. pretty significant. One of the larger larger ones, especially pre-DAO. So yeah, come on in. If you're looking for DAOs, it's funny, uh, sometimes it's passion, sometimes it's a part-time job. So if you're looking for somewhere to be passionate about wallets and and our space and UX, come on. If you're looking for part-time, do that too.
0: Great, that's awesome. And and look, I think this is a significant opportunity. From a community perspective, this can be a a fulfilling opportunity from doing something great for the community and the ecosystem, but also a profitable opportunity. And so- So I think that people taking part in this and I definitely will be joining up and seeing what's going on. All right. I have one last question because I ask everybody this that comes on the show. And the question is this, is there, or what person, and I usually say person or project, but I've been narrowing it to person lately. What person in the space do you admire? Worship you think is critical, (laughs) whatever kind of terminology you give somebody you have a ton of respect for, that you think has been really critical to either the whole path of where we are or your personal path, and that maybe inspires you to drive forward or you think is important in the future?
1: Great question. Yeah, so this is embarrassing because I just know him, but I think probably my top, is this still true? Yeah, sure. I think probably my top is Eric Voorhees, 2013 (laughs) to 2015, Eric Voorhees. Look, he's, you know, (laughs) this is funny because, Um like don't have heroes. Like they're going to point. you. They're, Eric is, he's a human, but we go to things together. We we did a party recently together in Denver, but I think a lot of his early writing really got me aligned with what the space could be rather than just what it is. Yeah. so I'm a big fan of his, and I think he's so oh, he's done a pretty good job since then. He hasn't been like canceled or he's not like. I don't know how
0: he. I don't know how he maintains the dance he <laughs> yeah. does, man. It's astounding for a guy yeah. that has given so much and built so much, and then to convert everything the way he did. I just have yeah. top levels of respect for him. Just- yeah,
1: but trust me, you meet him spend some time with him. He's just a person. So it's it's almost, I think part of the inspirational part is, yeah, he's great, but he's not out of any of our reach. Like you can be that person. And, and yeah. So anyway, if if you know his blog from back in the day, check it out. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Matt, this is fantastic. I am uh, actually really excited about what you're doing. And I think this is a new tremendous opportunity for the ecosystem. I appreciate the ethos and the way you guys are approaching this. And it's to me, it's one of the big concerns I have for the space. I will definitely provide more feedback, play with the pre-alpha some more, and uh, dive into the community and see where I can help. But uh, thank you so much for coming on. And thanks for what you guys are doing. Thanks for
1: having me.